2: Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net. the team. I was Hey guys,
3: welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And joining me on the other line, my guy, Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte. How are you doing today, Justin? Hey guys,
0: I'm doing well, man. It's uh Thursday is always my favorite day of the week. I like to call it Friday Junior. We have <laughs> conquered that. Tomorrow in the office we're having a Super Bowl party. I'm a part of a cornhole tournament and one of my favorite coworkers is making her Buffalo chicken dip. So all all is well right now for me. I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking forward to Friday.
3: Hey, there you go, man. Hey, you got a cornhole, Buffalo chicken dip, uh parties in the
0: office, man. Like hey, that, that, hey. that actually <laughs> And I get to wear, you get to wear your favorite football jersey. So I'm rolling in with the Cowboy Zeke. You know, I'm going in prideful. Well, we did go eight and eight, but you know that's a, that's, a, that's a conversation for a different day. But I'll be in there playing cornhole, eating good, and uh, supporting my Cowboys. Yeah,
3: I mean, whatever the Cowboys had to do to get uh, Jason Garrett fired is probably a successful season, right?
0: <laughs> it, it is, man. Jason took Jason took a lot this year. We did need a need a new coach, so. You know, he he had some good times with my guy Romo, but in the end, we needed to upgrade. So, you know, I, I hate to see him go. I, I enjoyed him as a coordinator, but as a head coach, he, he just wasn't getting it done. Yeah, man. Hey, that, that's that it's a it's a results based business. Yes, and it so, is. <laughs> when
3: when when you look at uh, uh the the results of tonight's game, where you talk about the Cowboys being a super mediocre team, I think that that's a very accurate description to talk about the 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 mediocreness of uh, of this uh, Hornets Wizards game that I was subjected to have to go to and cover, you you, you were lucky enough to be able to watch it, uh, uh, you know, from 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 the comfort of your home. But uh, we, I guess we we hey, we, we got to talk about it because that's what they pay us the bucks to do. Uh, the, the the Wizards actually came out with a win, one twenty one to one oh seven over Charlotte. Uh, uh, what, what did you think about uh, the, the performance from both teams? And 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 why do you think the Wizards were able to uh, to pull out a, a victory over uh, over your Charlotte Hornets?
0: I kid you not. When I was watching the game, I want to say midway through the third, I'm thinking out loud to myself: They, they don't pass enough to do this. There's there's, there's no way they, they don't pass enough money to sit here and watch bad basketball <laughs> tonight. I, you you never know with the Hornets and. Um, I remember preparing for this. I believe the Wizards were, like, fifth in offensive efficiency or something along those lines. So when I saw that, I was a little worrisome because I've watched a lot of Hornets basketball, and the biggest issue with the Hornets is consistency. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're going to get from them. There are nights where they come out, um, there's a proper attention to detail. There's a proper effort. You're like, okay, hey, you know, we know they're not the most talented, but they came out, they competed, they just didn't get the job done. Tonight, they 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 were bad. Um, there's really no way. To, there's really no other way to put it. Um, and after the game, Coach Borrego was not happy. He was very candid, and he said there was a lack of physicality, presence, pride. About going to get a rebound, you know mm-hmm. the Hornets were out rebounding by twenty one, I believe tonight. And yep, he said it. You know, if you if you're not going, you know, buckle down and, and do those things needed, knowing that this team has a small margin for error. You don't deserve to win. And tonight, they uh, let's just say they didn't get the dub.
3: Yeah, well, hey, look, if you say you know the the, the Charlotte Hornets, if if their Achilles' Hill is being inconsistent, I think that the, the Wizards are very consistent, but they're just. Been consistently bad on the defensive end, so that's why the James Rago is probably even more upset that you know he's looking like, yo, we gave him 58 rebounds to this team, like 58. you know, like, 58 rebounds. I mean, I, I mean, I, this this is definitely by far uh, uh, the, the the best game that the Wizards have played as far as controlling the uh, the paint and, and and playing with a little bit of assertiveness. Uh, on the inside, because, I mean, this is something this team hasn't done through the entirety of the season. And uh, we, and you talk about them having the, uh, the number five uh, most efficient offense. They got the, the 30th uh, least efficient, most efficient defense. So, you know, th- th- this is something that I think that, you know, uh, uh, James Borrego has every right to kind of dig into his players uh, uh, with, with, with the effort that comes with, You know, uh, giving up that many rebounds to a Wizards team that you know, quite frankly, you know they they, they're just not very good defensively and not very good at at, at closing out possessions. But for some reason tonight, they 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 were able to uh, outwill the Charlotte Hornets.
0: I remember sitting; I was sitting on the food watching the game, and there's always times out to see and Coach Burgo say, "You know, we we didn't start with the right effort. Our attention to detail was not there." There was a, there wasn't a lack of urgency. We just came out flat. And tonight I'm watching the game. Like you know what they had to they had to rally to to beat a bad Knicks team Monday night. And tonight they came out. You know they look they look well rested. Borrego talked about you know it was a tough game for them Monday night having come back from Paris. So I was like you know okay I'm gonna get these guys I I I'll give them I'll give them that leeway even though they just came back from Paris. Monkey like, playing the Knicks. The Knicks are bad basketball team. You should be able to beat the Knicks at home, so they rallied to do that. I see them start the first twelve minutes of the first quarter. I'm like, they don't look great, but you know they're getting after it. They're moving up, to, moving up and down the floor. They're getting to the paint. I'm like, okay, th- this might be something. And I've always said, and this dated back to the Steve Clifford ever, The Charlotte Hornets' struggle was putting full quarters of good basketball together. They didn't close. They didn't close the first half well. They they went into the half up six, but even that last four minutes of the second quarter, you could really see Washington like, okay, all right, we you know we, you know what we playing with right now. So I was like, okay, you gotta feel good. You're going to, you're going up to the half. Then the third quarter comes, they hit a couple baskets. You're like, all right. Next thing you know, the Hornets did what the Hornets do, not play good basketball when they needed it. That that second half was just was just dreadful. Washington got whatever they wanted whenever they wanted it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, it was tough because just like you said, the, uh, you know, the, the Hornets took a lead to the half, but unfortunately they were outscored 31-19 uh, to 19 in that third quarter. And I think uh, a, a bigger thing, like, is the fact that, you know, some of the guys that they were letting come out there and beat them, like yeah. we're talking about, like, Isaiah Thomas. Like, he had 11 points in the third quarter. I mean, literally, I mean, I know this is supposed to be, you know, the Isaiah Thomas redemption tour, but, you know, from the perspective of Washington Wizards fans, you know, it, it has been anything but that. And so it has been few and far in between for him to have uh, good nights shooting. And so for him to come out and score 11 points in that third quarter and really kind of, you know, kind of spur the uh, the Wizards and, and get the momentum back on their side and kind of lead them uh, to, 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 to flipping the game, I mean, that that honestly says a lot about uh, the, the the Hornets, the effort that they put forth for tonight, and so when, when you look at you know uh, uh, guys like Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham, who I think is you know definitely one of the leading candidates for uh, most improved player of the year, but you know it, but he and Terry Rozier, if they're coming out and they're, and they're struggling to, to keep up with Isaiah Thomas, then you know it, it, it was it was going to be a long night for them to be able to compete.
0: Yeah, Charlotte goes as the law firm of Graham and Rozier goes. If the, if the law firm is not hooping, Charlotte's not hooping. And I would say, I've been wanting to, to talk about this for a while now. In Charlotte, there was a lot of clamor. You know, he was coming out to the year hot. He had the big 40 point night in Brooklyn. People on Twitter saying, hey, most improved. He should be an all star reserve. I mean, it was just all over the place. Oh my gosh. Nobody, he wasn't on the scouting report. So these so these nights, you see him coming out here balling, he's having 30. He's giving you 40. He's giving you 28. He's giving you 29. And people are wondering where did this come from? The other teams are sitting there thinking, Devontae Graham, the guy from Kansas? Now, since that 40-point night, and now that he's on the scouting report, it's been a lot harder for him. He's not just, show, he's not just showing up and lighting teams up anymore, because now teams know, hey, we got to cut the head of the snake off. And we know Devontae Graham starts everything for the Hornets. And if you can take care of him, you'll have a really good shot of winning. And tonight, uh, he didn't He didn't have his best outing, 4 of 13, 11 points. I know Monday night, he wasn't feeling well. I know Chris Borrego said they had a bug that was going around the locker room. But, you know, the old school cats say if you're on the, on the court, you can play. So yep, he, yep. He, he hadn't put together two good games. And when him and uh, Rozier don't play well, it's using an uphill battle tonight. That was the case again.
3: Yeah, I think for, for Devontae Graham, when you look at, uh, you know, him only scoring 11 points, but the number I'm looking at right now is, is that three of, 11, le- 3 of 11 shooting from three-point range. And so I think that that was, you know, the, the weapon of choice for Devontae Graham throughout the course of the season so far. I know that he you know, he started out the year for the first, you know, 20 or so games. He was shooting around 40%. Uh, from, up, he was lighting them up. He was up, lighting them up. People were talking about, oh, he need to be in the three-point contest. And you know, and and, and at, at that point, like I, you know, I, I was like, shoot, I'm with it, like because Devonte Graham was really playing well. But I think that we've seen uh, what we call an uh, statistical analysis, what they call a, a, a regression to the mean. Oh, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah, exactly. So when you know, he 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 probably was shooting a little bit above his head. And you know, I'm not saying that he he's a three four eleven guy. You know, with that percentage. But I think that you know he's definitely somewhere in the middle right there. And, you know, I, I think that uh, if his three-point shot is not falling, I think that that greatly affects, uh, you know, the the, the level that, that he's able to come out and play. Like, you know, when he's making his three-point shot, he is, you know, on that, you know, all-star level or right slightly below all-star level uh, guards in the East. But, you know, if he's not making his shots, I don't think that he does enough uh, as far as having the complete game to, to kind of overcompensate for him not hitting
0: the shot. Oh no, that's he has not. Well, let me not say he has not worked on that. He has not added that level of his game because he has to also be able to to hit that hit that free throw line, that that mid range jumper because that's what he don't have. Because if he's not shooting his threes, you're like, okay, we're good. You know, he can't. He's not gonna get by. He's not gonna go by. So he's not gonna take that mid range. He's gonna shoot the three. You have to be able to score at all three levels. And right now he's just shooting it from deep. But I mean, that's what comes with the territory. People love to say, uh. You know, they don't play any they don't play any defense in the NBA. But uh, you know, they might you might not get stellar playoff defense every night, but that guy's playing defense because when no when people didn't know Devontae Cram, he was lighting the league up. Now that he's number one on the Scouting Report, he's regressed to the news. Yeah, there
3: you go. I mean that that scout report matters, trust me. I know oh, yeah. the 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 Wizards won a couple of games where uh where, you know, when Bill was out and we had dudes that were coming straight out of the G League, and I'm telling you, I know for a fact that the, the opposing players were taking them for granted because they were looking at that. They were looking at, you know, like, yo, I don't even know who these dudes oh, are. Oh, yeah, like, they get back to the huddle, like, Coach, I
0: don't even know who 15 is. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, We had a dude on a two-way contract. His name was a uh, rookie. Gar- his name Garrison Matthews. He went to Lipscomb University. I promise you that oh, wow. he, I, I promise you that nobody in, nobody in the NBA knew who this dude was. But he was coming out lighting them up for three. So you know, but it, he he ended up getting hurt. But I guarantee you, if he would have been continued playing, and once these teams realize, okay, identify the shooter, and they start closing out on them, you know, they, they, that that really changes a, a, a lot about how effective that one can be.
0: Oh yeah, people think that. See, the 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 beautiful thing about the NBA is the really really good players in the NBA. They make it look easy. People think hey, you just roll the ball out there and Harden and Steph and Katie and Giannis, these guys just go for 40. No, it's different when guys know what you're going to do and they're coming to stop you. It's complete difference when you don't know what, know what to expect. And, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, Devontae gets, oh, plenty different looks. He gets... He gets multiple looks. Guys get they put longer wings on them. They do whatever. They blitz them sometimes off the pick and roll. Like he got he's getting so many different looks now. He's like, wait a minute. Before, you know, it was just going under, I was shooting over top on the pick and roll. I was living large. You know, I'm on I'm on i trending on Twitter. People are talking about me for most improved. Now they're like, Okay, we we know what you like to do. Now let's see if you can go do that. And the NBA, they they're known for the best players making it look easy, but I guarantee you, if you go talk to Devontae Graham right now, he'll tell you, oh, no, not that easy. And I just rolled the ball out there and say, go get buckets. Yeah,
3: man. Hey, but you know what? I, I, I agree with you 100%, and I think that, you know, th- this is all about uh, – you know, in the NBA, there's all different types of levels that you have to be at as a player. And so, Devontae Graham, he he passed that first level of okay, am I am I an NBA player? He's answered that question definitively. Yes, he's an NBA player. Am I an NBA rotational player? I think he's answered that question definitively. So now oh, yeah. the next now the next step for him is all right, can I be can I be a quality starter and be able to come out here and help my team win basketball games? So I think that's the next evolution for Devontae Graham as a player. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, he's really at that level uh, right now. But, you know, for a guy who's uh, coming from where he's come from and the trajectory that he's on, you know, I feel confident in him being able to kind of figure this thing out. And so uh, I think this is a good segue because there's another guy uh, who I want to talk about. I know Wizards fans are listening to this podcast, and, and they're they like, man, it's 15 minutes in, and they ain't start talking about what I want to hear yet. But the, the, guy, the guy who I think that is on a level, so Bradley Bill, he's like an all-star. He's like a pseudo-all-star level player, but I think that he still has another level to go to in order to be one of those consistent stars of the league. So I want to take a quick break, and on the other side of this break, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, Bradley Bill's omission from the Eastern Conference All-Star team and, and, and get an outside perspective as to what you think about that situation.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
0: How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.
1: 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: All right now, Justin. This is this is, this is what the people wanted, man. We we we've we, fifteen minutes into the podcast and they look at the people I know they want to hear about why Bradley Bill didn't make an all-star team. So, as somebody who covers an eastern conference n b a team, you watch a lot of Eastern Conference basketball. What did you feel about Bradley bill not making the eastern conference all star team?
0: Well, to be honest with you i was i knew this could happen. I didn't think it would happen, but you know it, now I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest Bradley bill guy. I'm not – I don't really know why I'm not a big Bradley Bill guy. But, he. I mean, he has a strong argument. He has a strong argument. Now, when I know that he saw a second-year player, Trey Young, get in. Now, I know. I know that sent him over at Because, I mean, if you're asking me, I'm probably going to give it to Brad Bill over Trey Young. Yeah, it, I mean, it, Brad – I mean, it's, it's a weird balance. Are we doing it off of your team's success? Are we doing it off of your numbers? Are we weighing a little bit of both? Because, I mean, it, it's tough. Like, Brad Buddha, he doesn't have John Wall. He has Isaiah Thomas and himself. He's got Brooks. So yeah. it,
3: it, it's, and that's, that's a rough formula
0: already. So. It is. It's, it's rough. And if you're looking at the reserves, you see Chris Middleton. You're like, Okay. Kyle Lowry, we always know Kyle Lowry is going to make the reserve. You already know that. The coaches love him. He's
3: oh a, yeah, he's a hustle hall of famer, man. Let me tell you, my dad, my dad loves Kyle Lowry. He could
0: do no wrong in my dad's eyes. So we have Kyle Lowry. We have the bonus for the Pacers. You're like, okay, we got to have that bitch. And we saw Jason Tatum. I have no problem with that. I think Jason Tatum is having a great year. So I had no problem with that. But it's. It, it's tough. It, it comes down. It comes down for me. It comes down to Trey Young. That, that's that's really what it comes down to. People are starting to catch on to Trey Young. I think his his game is exciting, um, and and his his highlights are everywhere. And I, I think that's what I, I really think that's what it came down to. Because Brad, Brad Bill is working hard with what he has, and he does not have a lot. And he's working hard and giving you numbers. The average twenty eight and not make the. And, and not make the All-Star game. That's To me, that's why. Yeah,
3: you know, they, they said this. it's only happened one other time since 1985. So, you know, you're talking about a, a 35-year period of guys, you come out, you, uh, you know, average 28 points a game. Like, you can imagine just pencil yourself in as an All-Star. And so for him to, you know, be one of those players to, you know, have those type of numbers and to not make it, I know that that just probably infuriates him a little bit more. But, and, and when you look at it, I think that, that, that it is, it was very appropriate for you to say that Trey Young took his spot. And even though Trey Young, uh, Young was already announced as an all star because he was a starter last week, but I knew once that Trey, once Trey Young was named as an all star starter, I knew that Bradley Bill was going to be in trouble. Oh, you know, it. because, you know it. because it's, it's gonna, it was going to be tough for the coaches to put two dudes in on, 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 on teams that would have combined 20 wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. You, you, like, you can, you, you, you can have one dude who scores a lot on the bad team. It's really tough to have two of those guys in. And so I really think that they were. it came down to, you know, one spot that they were competing for. But when you look at uh, Trey Young, you know, he led all Eastern Conference players, uh, or no, he was behind Giannis uh, as far as uh, uh, votes for Eastern Conference players. And I think that, I mean, it, it really turned into a, a popularity contest because of the formula that the uh, n b a now has where you know it's fifty percent of the fan vote and then twenty five percent media and twenty five percent for uh for the other players and so uh I think that a lot of people uh with wizards uh twitter you know they're like well Bradley bill was voted second amongst the players, and so you know he he this is a guy who has the respect of his peers, but you know I think that the, the, like i said the, the 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 formula did not work out in his favor because Trey Young took his spot in the starter, uh, in the starting lineup because he had the fan vote. And then when it came down to the coaches, I just knew that it was going to be very tough for the coaches to have to, to put in, you know, uh, another guy from a from a losing team. But I just I just think I think that he's played well enough to deserve to be an all star, but the numbers just didn't work in his favor. And
0: you and you know, I know how Brad Bill feels because we had a similar situation going on in Charlotte. Now, Kimba Walker is a all-star now. But before that happens, you were sitting, you there were times where he before he started getting that nod as a reserve, he'd be like, "Okay, Kimba is balling. You see what he's doing." But the but the team isn't any good. And you're like, "I I mean, like you would think, okay, you would think, "Okay, we can put Kimba in." Then you're like, "Well, you yeah, got Kyle Lowry, you yeah, got Kyrie you had John Wall. You're like, uh I, I don't know where Kim was gonna fit in. Yeah. And then, and this, and it's always that, that guy who who's balling, and everybody knows he's balling, but his team sucks. And you're like, oh, do I reward the guy who's having the good year on the team that's in playoff contention, or do I also understand this guy is killing it, but yet his supporting cast isn't ideal to be working with? So, so you're sitting there like, do I reward winning, or do I just go out here and say, hey, man, we, we know how good this guy is. He's already been an all-star. The Hawks are a joke. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> I know I know how Brad Bill I, I know. Like, it's, for for him to think, okay, we're, we're comparing both of us. We're looking at his resume. We're looking at us. Both teams suck. And then last in the East, and I don't get it? Oh, I know. Oh man, I I I know when when he when he was made aware that that he wasn't going to be a reserve, I knew it. But I mean, it goes back to um, when you saw Trey Young as a starter, you you knew it didn't look good because you knew the other one was going to Kemba, and you know everybody loves Kyle Lowry. Yeah, no. when, yeah, when Kyle you saw Lowry. that, you knew it.
3: Yeah, and then and then you know I felt like okay, so there's another name that I think that there were some people in Wizards Twitter. They they thought that he should be in over Bill Simmons, and I don't agree with that. I think Bill Simmons played like an all star. I think that you know Bill Simmons, you know while he isn't the, the the best scorer of the basketball, he literally does everything else on the basketball court at an efficient level, at, at a more than efficient level. I mean, he's a great rebounder. He's a great passer. You know, he he, he runs his team's offense. Uh, uh, he plays great defense. Like he, this is guy. I think that. You know, there there are definitely a lot of tangible things that Bill, Sim, I mean, that Ben Simmons does on the basketball court that leads to victory. So I didn't have a problem with uh, with, with Ben Simmons being an All Star. You know, like I said, I think it, it really it, it came down to you know the, the the Wizards really just didn't win enough basketball games, and I think that the the Eastern Conference coaches uh, took that into consideration. And so you know, I I, I can't be mad at it. And when, honestly, when I look back at the Wizards of uh, their the way they performed over the first half of the season, you know there were a few games that they could have won, uh, and and Bradley Bill was a part of the reason as to why they weren't winning some of those games. So you know, I, I I look back on you know the the, the second uh, game against Charlotte. So this is the third game uh, that, that, that the Wizards and Hornets have played. The Wizards won the first game at home, uh, and then the, the Wizards actually lost in Charlotte. I thought that that was a game that the Wizards could have won. A game where Bradley Beal, you know, where if, if, when the Wizards and the Hornets play, Bradley Beal is penciled in as the best player on the court. But oh, yeah. he hasn't played like the best player on the court in a lot of those games this this year. So I think that you know that that kind of you know when, when you when you when you go to Charlotte and you you know what I'm saying, you let Devonte Graham come out there, outwork you and, out, and outscore you like that. Oh, that that's that's something that you know you you got to look at yourself first before before you know you, you start pointing fingers and I think that you know he Bill missed the mark on some games uh, that, that that he could have won and helped put himself in a better position.
0: The one thing that Kimba did when Kimba started making it, despite the Hornets not making the playoffs, is Kimba. You already knew that the Hornets weren't beating the better teams in the league, so you didn't worry about that. But right. those, but those teams that's like six, seven, eight, and then the bad teams, Kemba was ball. K- K- putting
3: in work every night. Oh, yeah. That's he, why he was yeah. balling. Yeah, I don't know. Kim, I've, I've watched. Yeah, you know, put the team on his back. He like, oh, we got. If I gotta drop forty-five, fifty, whatever, like whatever I gotta do, I'm coming out. I'm playing well in the clutch. I'm crossing dudes up. Like you know what oh, yeah. Like Kemba, Kemba. I think, and I feel like that, that is that level of uh and, 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 you know there there's actually this is actually kind of funny that that you know that we're having this pod right now i think that there was a real heavy debate last year on that last all nba spot and so when you look at the all nba team uh last year the third team Kimball walker ended up making third team nba over bradley bill and cuz bradley bill literally was the next man up it, it was and it was i think it was like like eight uh uh, points or something like that, and you know. On close. the point, on the point, it was close. But I felt like the difference was that you know that Timber is a dog, and he he put the team on his back. And even though we all know that they didn't have that, Charlotte didn't have enough talent to be really competing, you know, uh, for 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 contention in the East. But like you said, them teams six, the six seed, 7th seed, eight
0: seed, and below. Oh yeah, Timber Kimber. Kimber coming out there, he putting in work. Like he was working. You turn on the TV and be like. Oh, the, the Hornets played the magic. Oh God, that probably was a dump. Then you see forty four come across the screen. Kemba Walker, what? Kimber, yep. You Walker have forty four? like, oh man. Then he's hitting a couple buzzer beaters here and there. Then he has a couple step backs. So now you're starting to you're starting to see it now because Trey Young is he's a he's a fancy ball handler. He's pulling up deep. See Brad's just going out and getting the buckets. Yep, he don't do you, that
3: fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not so yet. you'll get
0: you'll get Trey Young. He'll do he'll do a nice move. Then he might trend on Twitter. Then Famous Los might put a video up on Instagram. Like you need all of those things to work in your favor. Like I remember the first time Kimber got a Famous Los video, I was like, okay.
2: People, <laughs> people,
0: yeah, people, people know who he is now. Once once you get the Famous Los stamp of being a guy that's good, but your team is terrible. Once you get that endorsement, that brings in a different set of eyes, a different audience. And that's how you get there because then people say, Oh, yo, Kimba, oh Kimba nice. Then some of the players like, Oh, Kimba, Oh, he gave us thirty two. And next thing you know, he in the, he's in as an all star reserve. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. Like and, and
3: so and and that's where I think that, you know, without to 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 you know, trying to close out this this uh topic right here, but when when we talk about the different levels, I feel like Kimba definitely did reach that level where he was a consistent all star. He was a dog. Like you know, he's a guy that you know that you could rely on to come out and, and and give his team the best opportunity to win, especially versus teams where they should have opportunity to win. And I don't think that Brad has honestly reached that level yet. And so you know, I, I think that he is still growing into uh, uh, the player that he will ultimately become. And he's still young. That's, I feel like a lot of people forget that you know Brad is only 26 years old like he's been in the league for a little while now but you know this this is a guy who you know he's still technically they say that you know your, your NBA prime is supposed to be between what 28 and 32 so he yep. still hasn't even reached his his prime years yet and Two so more I, years. yeah i i I feel like that you know he still has to go through some more growing pains but and i think that hopefully you know that this All-Star omission will, you know, give him the fuel that he needs to, you know, that he needs to, you know, take an introspective look in the mirror and realize that, okay, what culpability and responsibility do I have for me not making the team? How can I make the team better so that I can put myself in a position to, to, to do all of the things that I want to do and get, you know, all the accomplishments that, that he wants to accomplish? So, Breathe. you know, I, I, this could be a blessing in disguise, but I'm, like I said, I'm very glad to have you and give their, your your outside perspective because a lot of people from Wizards Twitter think I'm crazy. You know, they're like, "Man, you hating on Bill?" I'm not. I'm not hating on the guy. No, I like the all. guy. Exactly. I think that he's a great player. But you know, when you look at, like I said, once I once once Trey Young made it, I was like, right, he might be in trouble. But I still, yeah. I thought that you know the coaches would have believed in him. But when I look, when I looked at it. The, the numbers just really weren't in his favor. Like, it, it, no, there, there really, there really wasn't like a spot where it's like, okay, I could point to this guy
0: and say, nah, he needs that spot. <laughs> like, and if it, anybody thought he was taking Ben Simmons' spot, you're like, huh? That's, cra- <laughs> that's crazy. That's <talk. laughs> crazy. Like, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's
3: crazy. Happening. Hey, that, that was crazy talk. But you know, like I said, man, it, it, I think that this will be a learning experience for him. I do want to say this on the podcast. I, I. I'm uh, not a fan of the – I'm still here, actually, in the arena recording this podcast. You, You're remote in uh, and, and North Carolina right now. But I I was in the locker room after the game, and I go in there, and Bill's locker's already cleared out. He even left the locker room. So he didn't even talk to the <laughs> Bill, media.
0: Bill had no time for you. He had man. no
3: time. It, and so I think that, you know, they're, they're, that's a whole nother pie for a whole nother day. But I do think that there is uh, a little bit uh, something brewing where – you know, like I, I feel like the, the Wizards organization, they're really kind of coddling this guy. And it's like, you know, I know Kimber on days when they lost, you know, you if you the franchise player, you lose or you did we didn't even lose. We won the game. <laughs> you stand, you stand in front of your locker and you answer the tough questions. That that goes with a part of the responsibility of being a star player in this league. It ain't just about, you know, coming out and scoring and doing like you you gotta be the face of the franchise and and, and, and and like I said, standing in front of your locker, answering the tough questions, after a win, it should have been
0: easy. Like, I can understand you know, if they lost, they got I, blown out. <laughs> if, I could, if I could say one thing here, since, you know, since we're talking about accountability, if there's one thing I can say, this Terry Rozier has been phenomenal. He, yeah. went, he came from a winning situation in Boston, and he's come down to Charlotte. And every single game, he sits there and he answers every single question. He doesn't point the finger. He accepts all the blame. Like yesterday was like Monday when they beat the Knicks. I believe he had 30 that game. Yeah, because nobody else was really doing much Monday night. He ended up finishing the game with 30. And, you know, everybody, you know, people ask him in the locker room, you know, Terry has his fill. This is your, um, this is your career high. You know you had a great game. He says the only reason this is a great game is because we won. I could care less about thirty-one points. I just want to win, and that's wild because Brad Bill he won the game. He had a great game, and he left. The one thing I will always be able to give the Hornets credit for is the Hornets have always had a quality locker room. Dating back to the Bobcats, and they had Al Jefferson and Genero Pargo. The Hornets have always had a really good locker room, because I, I know for a fact if Brad Bill was doing this in Charlotte, we, we definitely we definitely on Twitter trying to fire him up. Yeah, uh, and, hey, we, and we they definitely trying to do it.
3: And, and you, you, hey you could you could speak of the consistency of the Hornets having a. Uh, a good locker room. I can speak of the consistency uh, and the direct opposite end of the spectrum. And ever since I've been a Bullets uh, Wizards uh, fan, I've been covering the team, so they've always had turmoil in the locker room. So Oh, you guys like, even had a Morris twin um, for some time. Yeah, we had Marquise in here, man, you know that oh, he, he came in here, he had his coin up, talking about some death row DC man, like, hey, I ain't gonna lie, Marquise was a funny dude, man. He, he he He's one of those guys that you know, you talk to him, he don't really have a filter. So for us media people, you know, we love that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is, great. That is. you know, I'm not going to lie. When the Hornets brought in Lance Stevenson, I was thinking, oh, yes, we're finally going to get a loose cannon. Exactly. I was, I was wrong. Lance Stevenson, great in the locker room. I was like, Terry Rozier? I'm like, yo, I done heard some things about Terry. But you know what? I'm going to give Terry the full You know, I'm coming in here with a clear heart, open mind. See how Terry's going to be. And Terry has been the ultimate professional. I've been waiting for somebody to just spill some stuff into this voice recorder, and they will not do it. I have not had that pleasure in my years. And I think I'm going on six or seven seasons, and I've not had anybody just get on the voice recorder and just get reckless. So I envy you in that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, man. Hey, Look man, covering uh Washington basketball, man, there there's, there's never uh uh there, there, there's never anything that, you know what I'm saying, the drama we that that's it. So we hey, we never have to worry about that. It's always going to be entertaining, man.
0: man <laughs> I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous.
3: Yeah, man. Hey, but you know what though, man? I I want to take another quick break. I want to get your opinion on cuz I know the NBA trade that is getting ready to come up. I want to. I want to sit back and have a quick conversation. And, and looking at both of these teams and their rosters, and thinking if you think uh, either team will be making any moves at the trade deadline, and, and maybe pick out a player or two if you were another team that you would be trying to maybe acquire from from either Charlotte or Washington. So yeah, we we take a quick break on the other on on the other side of that. We're gonna finish up with that. All right now, Justin.
0: All right, that works for me, my man. I, I like it. <laughs>
3: All right, now Justin, man, we, we we got the NBA trade deadline coming up on February sixth. That's next Thursday. Um, if you were a GM, let's say, all right, let's say, let's put on your hypothetical hat right now. You're, you're the new okay. GM of the Charlotte Hornets right now. What 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 what, what uh, are you looking to do? What what are your goals heading into the trade deadline as the as the new GM of the Charlotte Hornets?
0: Well, right now the Everything looks good for the Hornets contract-wise. Marvin comes off the books this year. MKG comes off the books this year. And Bismack comes off the books. So the Hornets, I I believe, if if my memory serves me correct, going into the next season, the Hornets, I believe, are second or third with the most most cap space going into next year. So uh, with that being said, you don't have to go out and be desperate. But I do think you have leverage. There's a guy that I personally would like for the team that I root for to come out of Charlotte, and that's Marvin Williams. Mm -hmm. Marvin Williams, I would love to get to my Houston Rockets. Before I get to Marvin and my Houston Rockets, I would say I know teams, contending teams are going to call about Marvin, but I think you have to – you can't just rush into a decision with Marvin because, oh, wait a minute, if Marvin was certainly correct, Marvin's gone. Actually, yes, so you don't get Marvin for another year. So I'm thinking that somebody's going to want him, and I'm hoping it's the Rockets because the Rockets, we need we need consistent shooters and we need guys that can defend. And if Marvin Williams does nothing else, he can give you 15 minutes of defense in threes. So hopefully there's a there's there's a um, you know Maury can get on the phone and and call my man Mitch Cupcheck and see if he can make something shake. Outside of Marvin Williams, you have Malik Monk. Yeah, Malik I thought, Monk. That that's kind of the hot name that people talk about when it's Charlotte and a trade deadline. <laughs> he's he's intriguing. I there are a lot of times where I I really don't know because he hasn't played consistent. But you can see what he could potentially be in pockets. hmm And I was listening to, I want to say this was All the Smoke or either the Knuckleheads podcast. And they were talking about how how often is it the organization fails the player rather than the player failing the organization. And I look at Malik Monk, and I just, I don't know if he needs a change of scenery, but. You can watch him in, in doses of two and three minutes, and you and he could give you 25, and you'll be like, who is this guy? And then you'll see him play for 10 minutes straight and be like, okay, I understand why sometimes he doesn't see the floor. So I would say those two. Marvin Williams for a contending team is you need an able body and a veteran that can shoot. Three and D guys will always be in demand in this league. So Marvin is one. And I would say two is Malik Monk. If there's a guy, if there's a team that think they have a system or the culture that can work for him, because for for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked in Charlotte. But Malik Monk, if there's a team, I think that is looking for a, a wing that they that they're good enough to say, okay, if we go get Malik Monk, we don't need him to be a contributor right away a guy that we can come in, we can bring him off the bench and see. okay, maybe he can work in our system so he didn't work in Charlotte. So if there's anybody that gets moved or there's anybody that they're inquiring about, I would say Marvin Williams, Malik Monk. Right, I'm with you on that because,
3: you know, I, I think Marvin Williams is definitely one of those uh, quality, uh, like you said, those, those NBA, uh, those 3 and D guys, they're never going to go out of style. And in the current uh, uh, structure of today's NBA like, he's always going to have value to, uh, to contending teams. and But Malik Monk is the guy that is really intriguing for me because, you know, I, I definitely agree with the sentiment that, you know, a lot of times that, uh, you know, the, the organization that you get drafted in has a great uh, uh, impact on, you know, how the beginning of your career is going to go. And so, you know, I think that there are a few franchises out there with, with great cultures, with great coaches, with great locker room situations that, you know, you could get Malik Monk in and, and you know, that he, he could probably turn into uh, uh, one of these, you know, uh, Lou Williams, you know, career, you know, 20-point-a-game score guys. Like, that, that's, I honestly see Malik Monk, uh, the ideal scenario for him is to be that, that scoring punch off the bench for a good basketball team. Man, no.
0: when he's playing well, like when he's playing well, when he's shooting the ball, he's getting out on the break. He's he's running the pick the pick and roll effectively. He's a completely different guy. I've seen Malik Monk go for twenty five three out of four nights, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the guy that they wanted out of Kentucky. And then he can go on a two week stretch where he's terrible and registers two DMPs. Yeah man. It's tough. It's it's, it's tough. I, and he even said the other um I wanna say they were in China because he played he played well in China. I remember um trade rumors that came out that said the Knicks were interested and I think Malik Munga had twenty eight. I was joking on Twitter like, yo, Malik said get him to the guard. Cause as soon as the rumors came out, he had a great game against the against the Bucks in uh in Paris. And I was like, Man, you know what? It's tough. If you could just get him somewhere in the right the right system, man, he can he can play. It, for whatever reason, it has not worked in Charlotte. But if I'm in a situation where I don't need him to be like an immediate contributor, a guy that's gonna that I need for 25 plus minutes. But if I can get him where I need him for spells of 13 to 16, oh, I, I definitely think you can you can see a Lou Williams or a poor man's Jamal Crawford or or something like a Spencer did with you, a guy that can come in, give you buckets. And just be instant grits.
3: Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, those type of impact players—I mean, those those guys swing games literally. So, you know, I, I think that you know, Monk, uh, hey, and especially if a team were you know, you know, calling Charlotte and trying to give up, uh, you know, some future assets, uh, you know, a future a future draft pick or uh, you know a young player, I, I think that it was something that you know that they should definitely consider. Uh, I'm going to flip it to the to the to, to the uh, to the Wizards now. Let's uh, let's put on your GM hat again. They just named you you the GM of the Wizards. Uh, would you would you consider would you trade Davis Bertans the guy? This is the that's the name I think is one of the hottest things around the NBA when it comes to you know guys that are available. Would you be interested in trading? This guy who, you know, he's on the last year of his deal. He got an expiring contract. He only makes $7 million per year. But if you trade him for him and he's an unrestricted free agent, you got to be assuming that, okay, am I going to be able to resign him? Am I going to be able to pay him whatever number that he is that, you know, he wants? But for a guy who's 6'10 and shooting 45% from three consistently, like, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what what, what 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 his value could be around the league. I'm
0: I'm taking some calls. What, what are you doing, new New Wizards GM Justin Thomas? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm fielding calls. I am fielding calls. I saw him when they came to Charlotte, and he came off the bench. I I want to say he went like eight of ten from three. three. Oh yeah, I remember that game. Because
3: I remember that game because the Wizards were getting dogs. They were down. Yes, like they were 20. getting
0: dogs And he came off the bench. Yeah, yeah, he's a
3: walk-in walk 9-0 run waiting to happen. Like, I mean, oh. in 60 seconds, he hit three shots. Oh, he just cut the lead down by nine. Like
0: <laughs> If he if he he missed, I would say, three or four that game, I would say he finished maybe 8 or 12, he missed three or four that that just rimmed out. Like, if the luck was on his side that night, the Wizards probably could have tied the game. He, he was that good. I would listen, because you never want to – you never want to let an asset walk out the door for nothing. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting to where the league is becoming they're it's leaning towards just being more offensive, and everybody's just raining threes. That's, that's definitely a guy I'm calling because a lot of times, as, as you just mentioned, those, those swing guys win you games. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you get when you get to the playoffs, it's like okay, I'm depending on my star, my all star, my superstar. They're going to be good. Let's say they're good for at least two games. We know we're going to have to win the third game. It might be an ugly one. In the fourth game, we might need an unlikely hero, specifically somebody off the bench. The bench is going to have to win you one game, and a guy like that that can come in and can, and can give you twelve in two minutes is not faster. You you have to feel calls. So if if guys are if guys are offering, as long as you're you're not accepting a, a Awful contract in return, I'm, I'm I'm definitely for the phone calls because contending teams, this is this is the time of the year when you're a bad team and you have a quality asset, you're trying to take advantage of the contending team. Like, for example, Memphis with Andre Goddard. They're just sitting down there waiting like, we know one of you contenders need him. And we're not just letting them go. But if you're willing to give us some good assets – Well, gladly let you have Andre Gudala at at a nice price. So at this point, when you're the bad team and they know you're not making the playoff, but you have quality assets, I'm I'm listening to everything. You never want to let an asset walk out the door. When you have a bucket like that that can give you nine and and 90 seconds, you got to see what you can get for that because I know there's something you can get. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I, I tend
3: to agree with everything that you're saying. And, you know, I would definitely be, like, fielding calls. But, you know, for – for and this is reporting right here. I, for some reason, I honestly don't think that he gets moved at the trade deadline. And I honestly don't know if he's really available. Now, I don't know if if, if that is something that, that that I would do. If I were the GM of the team, I would definitely at least be taking some calls. Oh, you got to listen. You got to listen. The, but, from, but from 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 everything that I've heard, it, it, it doesn't really seem like uh, uh, new Wizards GM Tommy Shepard is very interested and 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 to even take calls, so so you know that you know what that signifies to me. It signifies to me that you know that uh, there must be some type of you know back deals working between the Wizards and Berton's agent. That you know they probably already got. They might already have a figure uh, uh, settled on what they're going to do and and free agency this summer. And so you know that, that for for you to not take any calls on a guy who's a free agent. You got to be really confident that you're going to be
0: able to re-sign yeah. it. <laughs> you're, de- you're, you're definitely bringing them back because it it wouldn't it makes zero sense for a guy like that with that skill set for you not to feel called. So yeah. if you're not if if he's not moving, they're thinking okay, we're we're keeping him. We have Brad Bill. We can pair him with this guy. I hope and pray I get to see my boy John Wall come back and be healthy at some oh. point in time. Cause I feel like I ain't seen my man in two and a half years. It, it's,
3: it's been a while, hey. But I'm gonna tell you this, man. I go to Wizards practices and stuff, man. I know you, you know. There's it, videos and stuff of Wall out there. I mean, he looks good, man. I'm t- like, I mean, he 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 out there. I mean, he doing reverse dunks. Like, he looking quick, explosive. You know, I, I think that this is one of those situations where the Wizards are being overly cautious because it's been it's been a year since. You know that he 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 had that surgery on his Achilles, so I, I think that the Wizards are being overly cautious and and you know taking uh, t- taking their their chances by you know letting him fully recover and then and then put him out there next year. So you know I I, I wouldn't expect to see Wall play this season, but I I I, I feel confident going out on the limb and saying. That
0: that he's gonna be back next year. He's gonna look like that guy again. <laughs> like you, you already, you're already paying on the bridge truck. She's like there's, there's no, there's no need to rush him back. Like we're already paying him arm and a leg. Let yeah. him get healthy. You have him. You can finally pair him with Bill to see what they look like. You have Bertans off the pine. You're like okay. Yeah, you you, you you might you might you might have a little team there. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. So that that must I'm. You know what? Now that we've actually had this conversation, I feel like that's something they have in mind. Like we're gonna get John next year. Let Brad see what he can do. Let's see what we have on this because I feel like you guys' season is similar to the Hornets. Is I consider the Hornets' season a big question mark? Yeah, that, uh, that's, exa- that's exactly that's yeah. exactly what this is. <laughs> a big question mark. You're like, okay, can this guy do this? This guy gonna blossom this guy going to stay in his role here? Oh, is he a starter? Is he a role player? So, yeah, this, so, you know, these guys are watching are going through the big question mark, too. So that makes sense now I see that. So I, I'm looking forward to next year to see my dog, Wall, come back anyway. So. Exactly. As long you know, as they don't rush him back, no setbacks, my boy will be back.
3: Yeah, I, I know everybody from North Carolina loves him, and, not, and John Wall loves North Carolina. So,
0: you oh, know, that's my hey, man. Hey, I, I went to go see John Wall in the, in probably one of the greatest high school basketball games I've ever witnessed. When he played in the state championship, um, his senior year, I was a junior, and now, and I think every kid in Charlotte who considered themselves a hooper, we were all packed in the one gym they made that trip from Raleigh, North Carolina, to come play the state championship in Charlotte. Greatest atmosphere I ever been for some for some private school high school basketball. The gym was packed. One of my favorite memories. Hey
3: man, that, that John Wall uh uh high school mixtape is still legendary. It might be might be legendary. the best hoops mixtape legendary, man. <laughs> might be the best hoops high school mixtape of all time, man. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, man. Hey, man, but I hey Justin, man, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to uh to, to, to come on this podcast and, and wrap it up with me on, on a variety of different subjects. I'm I'm sitting up here, I'm still in the arena. I got the arena workers. They they walk by me. They they get ready to start cut, cutting the lights off. So I think that yeah, might they, be Yeah, they, the flo- they breaking the floor. They breaking they the floor down. Exactly, exactly. You you are still doing here. Exactly. You already know how it is, man. But hey, I wanted to give you this opportunity right now to go ahead and kind of plug yourself and plug your work. Let let the locked on wizards uh, listeners know where they can find you on social media and also where they can find some of your great work that you do covering the Charlotte Hornets.
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter at JustinThomasNBA. I've learned I used to do a decent amount of writing until I realized people don't read anymore. So I do a ton of tweeting regarding the Hornets, the NBA, and all things sports. But I am in the process um, of putting together um, a Hornets podcast, um, hopefully in the coming weeks, if not weeks, within the coming months. So um, stay tuned if you're interested in that, but you know outside of that if, if you're trying to talk hoops uh you're interested in anything that the horns got going on, go ahead, and give me a follow at justin thomas n b a yeah, not like i said you're
3: you're a great follower. I've been following you for for some years now, and when it when it comes to the 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 comings and goings and knowings of sports in the state of North Carolina, I think that you are a very good source for a lot of that information. So, you know, I, I you know all the listeners that are out there, like go ahead and give my guy a follow and, and, and just as you said, if you want to talk sports, like hit him up. He he responds to people. So,
0: you know, just uh, keep that discourse going. Hey, you got you, man. Twitter the, the NBA community um is probably my favorite of all the communities I'm a part of on Twitter. The NBA community is, is by far my favorite. It's pretty forward thinking and the jokes from NBA Twitter are, are to die for. So you know, if, if you're trying to get on that holla at your boy. Definitely give me a follow. <laughs> That's
3: the bet, man. All right, now Justin, man, I greatly appreciate you for taking the time to come on, man. This is great. We 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 got to do this again in the future. There's one more uh, uh, Wizards Hornets uh, meeting, so let, 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 let's try and go ahead and pencil ourselves in for that one, man.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man. You you can lock me in anytime. Uh, anybody wants to talk Hornets, um, I, I smile from from ear to ear because. Not many people ever, you know, want to talk basketball or anything that has to do with the Hornets. So you go ahead <laughs> me, and me in, man. Um, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me and I look forward to doing it again. All right, man. Hey, appreciate that man.
2: more than girls a shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost clean. Teaching game like a dean, all these girls to a rake. I've been playing since I was a fetus, young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas. Now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit do no matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a struggle like bucket, they just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slide down my ones, but it bounce like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see, that with a J, we'll be on the same team I, I want a I like the Wizards, yeah you know what I mean When I'm blue I'm more than that, girl shooting shots for the team I was in high school with dreams, Though I'm moves looking clean Teaching game like a ding, coach all these girls to a ring I want a I like the Wizards, yeah you know what I mean when I'm I all these girls to a ring.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.